Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Reverend Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento. My guest today is Reverend Donna Apodoni, who's well known for her work with CAP Radio as host of Morning Edition and CAP Radio Reads. She's also an interfaith minister. She was ordained in New York in 2009. She's a speaker at half a dozen uh, organizations around uh, Sacramento, and she is the teacher and designer of the Transform Mission Path. A few weeks ago, Donna and I decided to take on a spiritual discipline to deepen our inner lives, and this series, 12 Powers of the Soul, is the result. Welcome, Donna. What's our topic for today? Thanks, Deborah. Nice to be here. Our topic for today is the power of discernment. The power of discernment. I am so glad that we're on this journey together, and I'm so glad that so many people are listening as well, and by listening, taking in the same sort of journey. It's a, it really is a, a very powerful series that we've got going on here. And every week, the topics that we pick to dive into challenge us, help us grow, expand us, and that certainly is the case with discernment. It is. And, and I've been laughing because my original idea, and of course, we all know what happens to original ideas, was that um, these would each one of these would be somewhat connected, but also very much standalone. So somebody could just come in in the middle, but they're connecting themselves. They're just, you know, we can't talk about one without having talked about some of the others. And it's very interesting to me to see how spirit is guiding this. And as we, we walk through these conversations, uh, where the connections are made, because you really can't talk about discernment without talking about faith or talking about last week we talked about truth. And of course, I chose to use the word discernment. The formal for the, the formal um, 12 powers is judgment. But I make a big distinction mm -hmm. between judgment and discernment because judgment is such a judgy word. <laughs> so you've judged judgment and you've discerned between discernment and judgment. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. 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 And See, it's know, working. It's working already. Well, and I mean, we, we do a lot of uh, kind of word uh, playing with words in, uh, in the New Thought teaching because, well, it's what we all do in our minds with them. I mean, when we say the word judgment, the, usually the first thing we, we come up with is the negative, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I um, and, and on on the other hand, the other the other part of that is that the word judgment is often used in very old school Christianity terms and maybe other traditions as well. As judgment is something that God passes down, you know, God judges us and and on forward. So yeah, judgment is is a positive in some cases, and does take on a lot of negative connotation in some other circumstances, right? Yeah. And the, and the truth is, is we have to make judgments every second of the day. I mean, if I go outside and I decide to cross the street, I make a judgment of whether it's safe or not to go. Yeah. You know, and um, I'm always fascinated because we're always judging how far that car is away and how fast it's going. I mean, those are judgments. Right. Yes. So there's yes. a whole world of judgment. Can I turn that... left in front of that car? Will I make it's a it's a judgment. Mm -hmm. They all are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and so then we get into you know go into then 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 the whole thing of judging other people and um, again there's that I when I meet someone new there's part of me that's making that that judgment of whether this is a person who would be maybe it's could this be a healthy relationship or you know is this someone I I can be comfortable with and um, for me that's where you get in to discernment is that the, it's the spiritual process of discovering what's the right path. So that, those, that's the difference for me. Judgment is, is making a real decision and discernment for me is allowing, allowing the answer to filter in. Does that make yeah, any sense? <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. That's a good way to look at it. There's still decisions. Each of them leads us to a decision. One might be a little bit more earthly than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I came across uh, in um, Emma Curtis Hopkins, uh, her, let's see, this is Scientific Christian Mental Practice. Um, and it, she, had a, she has a uh, chapter on righteous judgment, and we can talk about righteous judgment in a second. But she says, you have no idea how much of the inefficiency of mankind comes from thinking about the wrongdoings of others and ourselves. I love the idea that it's inefficient. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to repeat that because for some of us, it's hard to grasp something that short on the first try. All right, I will do that. Let me get back to the page. And I'll do it more slowly. You have no idea how much of the inefficiency of mankind comes from thinking about the wrongdoings of others or of ourselves. Oh, she's right. It is inefficient. Yes. Yeah. I love her. Absolutely inefficient. In other words, she's saying, mind your own darn business. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So maybe the question is, is how do we figure out I mean, yes, I mean, trying to figure out if it's safe to cross the street or, you know, if that fruit in the supermarket is, is um, you know, ripe enough or too ripe. That's, that's one kind. But how do we determine um, what the other things in life are good for us or what's the right path to take um, if, you know, when we're, when we're being judgy or not judgy? I mean, how do we, yeah. How do how do how do we keep ourselves in more in discernment and and not so judging? I think it takes practice, and I'm certainly not going to say that I'm expert at it because I have a long way to go. But there are a lot of things in our lives like that that we can um, we can become aware of, and we can be conscious of our behaviors. And when we're conscious of those behaviors. We see them better and we can correct them. You know, everything from glaring at somebody to rolling your eyes to standing up straight and the more damaging kinds of judgments that we do when we look at somebody else and and have some negative thought about them. If I can become more aware of how I'm looking at other people, then I'm more likely to see the judgment and then I'm more likely to say, that I'm right. There is a discernment towards the end of that, that I'm moving from judging someone else, and then it sounds like I'm judging myself, but I'm really discerning what's right, what's wrong, what's respectful, what is decent to do, and the direction that I want to go in my life. So 
the my answer to that question is that it starts with self-awareness. But I, I like the way that you you move that you make you don't make a judgment and discernment two separate things. It's like they're they're sort of the ends of the spectrum. I didn't know that until I gave that example, and yes, now I see that they are they're they are on the same spectrum. Right. You know, I had this interesting experience. Now, I, re- I I come from northern Arizona, and and there were very strict rules about how you wore boots cowboy boots. I mean, you know, you did not, you never tucked anything in, you had, your pants had to come down all the way. I mean, there was just, there were rules. And uh, back many years ago, I was driving down the street here in Sacramento, and there was some woman walking down the street, and she had on short shorts, and she was young, and she was wearing short shorts, and she was wearing cowboy boots. And my brain just started doing everything it could about that. And then as I got past her, I realized what was really going on. It was just like, I wouldn't have the guts to do that. Ah. So I, be, you know, it, it was like, because I heard myself going, and it's just like, she's having fun out there dressing like that. It's none of my business. And then I went to, oh, I would never have the guts to do that. And so I went oh, to, interesting. I, so my brain was making her wrong. Wow. I think we do it was that hilarious. A lot, I wrote we? a poem about it, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great example, but it but it just reminds me of how often judgment of other people is really a reflection of what I think of myself. Yeah, I don't I know mean, if I that it is one hundred percent of the time, but a lot of times it is. Yeah, but and whatever that, just. Uh, that spectrum that you mentioned, that spectrum of from judgment to discernment, a lot of the discernment that I have to take on in my life involves nuances on a spectrum. The difference between right and wrong and good and evil and the difference between what I think is fun and what I think is drudgery. Those are all spectrums as well. Those are all our places, nuances on a spectrum. And I say nuances because the difference between what I find to be fun and what you find to be fun could be very, very different. Uh, but they're all, they're all little spots on spectrums. And we're constantly not just, we're, we're making decisions, we're making choices, whether we call it a judgment or whether we call it a discernment does sound more spiritual and more, you know, a higher place in our lives, but it still comes down to a decision that we're making. It, it does, and and maybe in in some way, I mean, because judgment tends to have the more negative. In, in, most for most people, judgment has the more negative connotation, although it is a perfectly good word. Um, but maybe maybe uh, judgment is making choices with attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. 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 No. I'm, I'm choosing not to do this, and the rest of you are wrong, and you're idiots for doing it. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's, well, let's, let's go for the attitude, right? I mean, that's, right. that's so much, uh, and there is so, so much, uh, we are so, there's this whole right and wrong thing that all of us are, seem to be locked into on some level. Yeah. And just because. And I'm right, and everyone else is wrong. Right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. 
And just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means I don't like it. Well, how do we put discernment into place when when a person, let's say I'm in that position that you just described, I don't like that. I don't like the way she wears her cowboy boots. Therefore, I think she's wrong. Is that a place for discernment? It, how, it absolutely what, what it was for like? me. And it, it, I mean, the thing is, is that my sitting in my car, you know, driving by, making that judgment on this woman had absolutely nothing to do with her. She would never even know I existed. So all of that was on me. All of that was for me to work with my inner self to stop projecting that negative energy out there. And to also just look at, I mean, I, I, was, I was raised in a very judgmental family, and I think a lot of us were um, and are, and because human beings just tend to be judgmental in terms of right and wrong. And so it was a great, it was one of those moments where it just dawned on me as I went by that my getting all tweaked about her cowboy boots had nothing to do with the boots. It had nothing, basically nothing to do with where I came from. It was just me uh, watching someone do something I wouldn't have the guts to do or, you know, um, and, you know, and so I really worked with that and I have used that, notice that I'm using it as an example here and I've used it as, as examples other where of, it made me so aware of how I judged how people dress. And now I have trained myself when I look at someone that I think is dressed all screwy, I remind myself that they're having fun with it. I remind myself that it's none of my business and they're having fun with it. And so why can't I yeah. let them have their fun? What a nice way to look at that. And what a nice way to turn it around. I have to mention when you said humans are like that. Every time I hear that phrase, it makes me wonder why humans are like that. Humans have the potential to be so cool and so loving and so embracing of each other. We have the capacity to be the best kind of human we can. And then every once in a while, way too often, we dismiss our poor behavior and we say things like, well, humans are like that. I would love to turn that and have humans be that better part of what humanity can be and say, humans are like that. And when we're doing that other thing that's a little uh, lower-minded, maybe that's not the, maybe we shouldn't think of that as the norm. Maybe we should think of the norm of what humans can do as being the best part of us. So when humans tend to be... I'm going to okay. interrupt you because I just love how you always, in every conversation we have, you always bring us back from one of those points to say, but why don't we look the other direction? And I love that you do that. I Thank didn't you. know that I do that. You do. You do. It, it just seems, I just want to give humans a better rap <laughs> well, <laughs> than, yeah. than we give ourselves sometimes, you know? Yeah. It just, it seems like we should have a better view of ourselves. The thing is, is that what what you just did for me is it's like, I, I will see human beings just doing the most amazing, wonderful things for each other. And I will say human beings are like that. 
And then I will see them doing something on the other end, and I'll say we're like that as well. But when you say them in isolation, it sounds like you're you're condemning, you know, it's like, yeah, humans are like that. And and we are. It's like you have you have I don't know how many cats you have, but I have more than one. And they'll sit there and they'll be all lovey dovey and within seconds they're just at each other. You know, cats don't, it's like, I can love you for five minutes and then or three minutes and then I'm done. Cats are like that. But when we do that, we are putting them in a little yeah. box, aren't we? We're putting the thinking about them in a box. And right. We, and so, yeah, right. all about, maybe discernment is taking taking the information out of the box. You know, my judgment is here. This is the way like things should that. be. It's in this little box. It, maybe it's about opening the box. Discernment is about taking things out of the box. That's a really good way to look at that. I have an example about discernment. I have a couple of examples about topics that remind me of discernment. They also fall into the category of decision to a certain extent, and choice to a certain extent. A good friend of mine was just ordained, and he just texted me this morning and said, I'm a rev now. I'm a reverend now. What do you think I'll learn? And I said, well, <laughs> you know, I had a, I, I said, if you think school, your studies were an adventure, just wait now that you're a rev. And just wait. And so I gave him a couple of examples. And the last thing I said was, and you'll see the power that you know never to touch. And I don't think that that power is exclusive to people with the title reverend or king or president or senator. But I think that there are certain roles that we give each other and certain titles that we give each other and sometimes those roles and those power uh, those titles come with a certain power and the people who are given those titles and have that power have to know how to use them gracefully and clearly and generously and when not to use them we see bad examples of that from time to time. We also see good examples from that of that from time to time. But what I was telling my friend, the new minister, is this is a decision you'll have to make every day. Every day you will see in yourself the power that you've always had, but now you'll see it because you are a reverend. Now you'll look at that power and say, do I use it? Or don't I use it? And how do I use it? And that's discernment. It's the same for every parent in the world. It's the same for every doctor in the world. We are all going through this process of discernment based on the accountability and responsibility that we're given. And we all have to make those decisions every day, not just the, we all have to take that power out of the box, to use your example, Deborah. We have to take that power out of the box every day and say, is this the day I use it and how? And I just decided 
you usually do this, and, and I decided to look up discern in the dictionary. What'd you find? <laughs> I found, well, I, 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 I was trying not to make noise with my keyboard, so I just typed in discern, and it says perceive or recognize something. I can discern no difference between the two policies, blah, blah, blah. So I like the, uh, or, or, or distinguishing. So, you know, mm. judgment is kind of, in the, in the sense we're talking here, is kind of a flat statement. It's like right or wrong or whatever. So discernment is recognizing those nuances that we were talking about or looking, you know, looking more deeply into something. Um, if, I'm, if I'm in discernment about something, I'm taking it into consideration. I might be praying about it. I might just be getting quiet about it. I might just be letting it sit or sleeping on it. And um, then the next day, you you know, or you might have somehow you somehow you have more information, whatever that is, and then you can make that that choice based on what you have discerned or what you have recognized, what you have allowed to come up to the surface out of that box. Because very good, yeah, yeah. that's very helpful. I will never, I mean, th this allows us to never look back at what we've done before. This allows us, this conversation allows us all to look forward in a new way to every decision we make and every choice we make. You know, the other example is, and I think you'll like this because it comes from a big Steinbeck book. Ah. And I know you're a Steinbeck fan, and I'm a Steinbeck fan. And I would invite the people who are listening who don't know the book East of Eden to go through it. It's a big book. It's an intense book. There may be parts of it you don't like, but here is a part that I love. And from the time that I read East of Eden through to today, my favorite word in the world is Timshel. T-I-M-S-H-E-L, Tim Schull. And here's what happened. There's a long conversation uh, about, of course, East of Eden is, is very much a story of Cain and Abel reset into uh, California 100, 150 years prior to now. There's a conversation that uh, that one of the characters is having with the person who works on their property, a man of Chinese heritage whose name is Lee, originally from San Francisco and goes back to San Francisco to Chinatown often to uh, have big intellectual conversations with his cronies. The conversation on the ranch is about the word Timshel and what it means in the Bible. Lee goes back to San Francisco, talks over the story of Cain and Abel with his cronies, comes back to the ranch and said, you know, I think we figured this out. Here's how it works. In a lot of the English translations of the Bible, the word Timshel in the story of Cain and Abel means thou shalt. And in that particular case, in that story of Cain and Abel, God says thou shalt overcome sin. And that's the, that's the situation that it's in. So in a lot of those translations, God orders us to triumph over sin or insists that we should triumph over sin. But after a long conversation with his friends in Chinatown, Lee realized 
that it's actual timshul is actually a Greek word. And if you look more literally at what that word means, it's thou mayest. Not like, oh, maybe you will and maybe you won't, but thou mayest. You, you may do this. You have a choice to do this. You can make a decision to do this. So we have the option to overcome sin if we so choose. It's sort of a, an optimistic, it's up to you kind of a perspective. So I have always loved that passage by Steinbeck in which we realize the difference between you have to and you may. And I think that's the difference between judgment and discernment. In discernment, we have the option. We can go high or we can go low, and it's up to us to decide how we're going to handle every given situation. But it also brings spirit into it. It brings God into it. It brings that that um, that higher power into it to say, don't forget, you were made in a way that you have choices, and not all creatures do. So, so make it good. So, Tim Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, Thank I mean, you, my, my experience of, of, of the lady with the boots, what took me from that instantaneous, um, unconscious judgment of what this person looked like, all up, to, you know, and then I almost immediately went to, what are you doing in your head? Well, you know, because this isn't good for me to walk around with that negative, projecting that negative stuff, to, I wonder why I'm doing this, to, oh, you know, and it, it, and I, and none of that happened instantly. I mean, I, I I stopped myself in the middle, and then it was I probably thought about it for, you know, a, maybe a day or so because I'm just like that. <laughs> and I finally came to. I finally actually sat and wrote wrote a poem about it, and that's where it came out that it was like, well, uh, I was judging this person because they were brave enough to do something that I was not, and they were brave to be different in a way that I was afraid to be different. And what does this all come back to? It comes back to fear. And you were talking about why we make some of these judgments or why we want people to be like us. We want to feel safe. And we don't feel safe if, if people are too different. Because we don't understand it. We don't know what it is. We, you know, we're, again, it's, it's like if, a, if I can't tell how fast a car is coming, I don't feel safe crossing the road. And so... You know, almost everything, so much of the fear in our lives comes down to our needing to feel safe, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We need to feel safe more than anything else. I think that's what it all comes down to. And if we are more conscious and more aware of ourselves and how we're handling all of these, every situation, all of the decisions we make every day, then we realize thou mayest, that we have a choice and that we can take the higher road. You know, it sounds like a big deal too when somebody says, if you examine yourself and every decision you make, you think, oh my goodness, that must be so overwhelming. But, but it's a necessity. Of course, of course we should look at every decision we should make. Of course we should be conscious of all of that. Why did we think we could get away with anything less than that? So yeah, discernment. Well, and like and you, you said earlier, choice. it's practice. practice. It's practice. And the more you do this, the more, the less onerous it is. So the, the, you know, it's like, okay, um, that experience back in 1985, I think it was, 
what are we we're a few years beyond that now and i still that that was a kind of a, a, a it was a shift in my consciousness and it's not that i don't see somebody that i think is like dressed really weird or whatever but i walk through that so much faster now you know and and but part of it is a making a choice of how i want to be in the world and how i don't want to be putting out negative energy even to someone i driving by on the road and i never will never see again because that negative energy only affects me it doesn't have anything to do with them and so it comes down to a discernment a, a, you know i i may actually make i can make the choice of being coming from my higher self as often as possible or, and if I'm not coming from my higher self, I can take that step up and bring myself there in any moment. Also key in that example you just gave is the discernment of the energy that comes out of that, who it affects, and what to do with that. That's also a very important part of discernment and a very important part of awareness and choice. Yeah, you know, and 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 also as uh, to see to me, discernment is also about allowing. It's allowing, possibly, and this comes to letting it out of the box, but it's allowing yourself to be open to other other ideas about whatever it is you're 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 involved in. It's it's an allowing of spirit to come in and work through you, and show you perhaps a higher and better way. I'm glad we brought spirit back into it, because that spirit is key in discernment. Without spirit, it probably is all judgment. But with spirit, we hold ourselves a little higher, we're a little bit more accountable when we're conscious of that, that partnership and that communication, and that not because we're being judged by spirit, but because we are collaborating with spirit that we want to be a little bit better. So that's that is part that's an important part, perhaps the most important part of discernment. So then the power of discernment is then being in in partnership with spirit, co-creating co with spirit. It all is. Everything is. Discernment definitely is. So we can we can we could use the discernment as our superpower by being open to that idea of of working with spirit as opposed to as to as opposed to what? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes some of us just knock spirit, smack spirit off to the side and say, I don't need you right now. And that's usually when we get into a little trouble. That's usually when we're a little bit more judgmental. So it's more embracing spirit, arms around each other with spirit that like leads us and guides us in the right direction. Right. So, so that that the the the, the power of discernment is that stepping back, allowing other ideas to come in and working with those and so working in conjunction with spirit to maintain that higher level of consciousness why didn't they that... put that in merriam webster that's a brilliant definition 
Well, probably because they weren't thinking. And if we if we say it enough times and they hear it, then they'll put it in because that's what they do. If we keep connecting that's spirit to discernment enough words, and, right. and, and, and mail yeah. it to them and, you know, they're... Uh, <laughs> So, okay, the superpower of discernment is is co-creating with spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. As all good superpowers are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, Donna, I think, we, uh, I think we got somewhere today. I really appreciate your being with us. And I, uh, listeners, I appreciate your being with us today. And we're really excited about next week. We are going to... In 20 to 40 minutes, we're just going to talk all about wisdom. That's a lot to fit in. We can do that. <laughs> it is, but we will pray for wisdom in the next week to see how we will have the discussion on wisdom. So we wish you a full week of insights and blessings, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Deborah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now, until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.